Happy Easter, everybody. I didn't hear you. I said happy Easter, everybody. Those of you who come to church one, three times a year, you are welcome. <laughs> you are really welcome. At least you come at all. All right, so we, we shoot straight into what this time is for, for preaching. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege we have to hear your word, to share in the wisdom of heaven, especially the benefits of what we are remembering today, what we are celebrating today, so that it's not just celebration. And we don't know why we are really celebrating. Take us into the depth of revelation. The benefit of it all is that what you did benefits us and that practically experience it. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. So I want to show you something you've never seen before. That is our church in Democratic Republic of Congo. This is their fourth Sunday. I don't know if that will be big enough for you to see. They just started. I see how they are committed. It's a wonderful, beautiful sanctuary. And they have a wonderful drama. It's amazing. Just three Sundays, or four, this is the third Sunday or so. And then they are trying to start. Actually, this church is the one, the branch that is in like, uh, if you've been in Lagos, like Mount 12, the one they want to start now is like in Ikui. And they told us that they have over 100 people ready to go. The Lord is really doing something. Praise the Lord. But I want to tell you that in Lagos, the third branch has already started out of the first one. God is really spreading this work. The joy of it is not really the name of the church, it's that the gospel is being preached. That's what, that's what thrills me. Not the, I don't care about the church. I'm caring about the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, because the best way to preach the gospel is to win souls and bring them together and be able to make them disciples. So that's what the key. It's not about your name. Who cares about it? It's the Jesus and the disciples that are being produced. Can I hear amen? <clears throat> I want to read us a, a text that I got from uh, Pastor Peter. I used to be the district supervisor. You know, when we left, he was the boss of over 16 states. He was my direct boss, really. So he sent me this thing this morning. The reason I want to read it is some things he said will minister to you. So I found it really something wonderful that I think we should hear and learn from. So he said in that text, he said, Pastor and friend, the day that changed the world opened up the heavens and transform our lowly bodies into spirit-filled beings has come. I'm praying that the words you deliver today will raise the risen Savior in hearts and minds. And that even as you speak, you will sense the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. His death was excruciatingly 
heard his resurrection miraculous and his life continues in and through us. Lisa and I love you, Pastor, and I pray for you, Lisa. Praise the Lord. Will you get this from your boss after you left? It means that that's a real good, uh, good relationship that they can't forget. It, it encourages me, treats my heart. Can I hear amen? And you know that the international president has visited. Who came after him? The new disease professor came. And now the old one is writing this morning, encouraging us. I, I, it really encourages me in this work. I want to thank God for that. Praise the Lord. This morning, we want to take a look at what the scripture says we should take a look. It's not really a popular teaching in the, Christ, in the Christian world, but it is very, very important. If you were here or if you listened on Friday, and if you missed the Bible studies on Thursday, I will plead with you to go and listen to it. If you have a problem with grace, it will dissolve instantly. Um, I was telling us on Friday that the death of Jesus on the cross is one part is one part that his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, all of them play role in our salvation. All of them. The place that the church focuses is on the cross, and that's wonderful. But we don't remember that his burial, when he was buried, you were also what? Buried. His burial plays a very important role. And when he rose, what happened? But when he ascended into heaven, something happened that is mind-blowing. That's why Easter is also fantastic. So we should be able to consider that in, um, as the scripture says, we should. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, that's all of us Christians, consider. Remember, the Holy Spirit tells us things, and we should do them. I want to plead with you. Please, do not overlook the word of God. Don't replace it with rituals. Don't, please. You will, you, will, you will lose. God does not play games. He doesn't speak in vain. Doesn't. He's the almighty. And don't try to make effort to understand the word of God. Don't just come to church and sit on the chair. There is no effort on your part to understand the word you are losing. Oh, you are losing. You have nothing more powerful than what God is telling you for your life. Nothing. And don't, 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 don't approach it with your mental thing. You don't, our mental faculty is good in dealing with natural world, but it's worthless in dealing with spiritual world. You should open your heart, open your spirit. If you are ready to understand, the spirit of God will teach you. But if you are not ready, he will leave you alone. So he said to the church, to you and me, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, consider the apostle and high priest, high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. He said, consider him as the apostle and high priest of our confession. 
our confession of faith, the faith we hold, our only, only hope of going to heaven, our only hope of glory of God. The Holy Spirit said, consider his high priestly office. Consider it. Think about it. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. So we're going to take a look and consider the importance of the resurrection of Jesus to the office of the great high priest. To the office of the great high priest of our faith. Great high priest of the faith we confess. The guarantor of the faith we confess in him. The high priest over the confession of our faith. So let's start by considering that the resurrection confirmed that he is the Messiah and the Christ. In Romans chapter 1, verse 1, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, verse 3. The good news is about his son, Jesus. So when you go to preach the gospel, don't preach your church. Don't go and say, believe in God. That's not the good news. That's not the gospel. Everybody believes in God. The good news is about Jesus Christ, the son of God. Can I hear amen? If you have not mentioned Jesus Christ, you have not preached the gospel. There is no salvation in any other except him. That you believe in God will send you to heaven. Before I got saved, I believed in God. Even preached in churches. In fact, I would preach, my father would come and say, wow. He said, this is the way you preach. In fact, some people would say, Emmanuel, you are a prophet too. And the people telling me I have drunk and everything. Say, you're a prophet, the way you preach is different too. They didn't know what was working in me at the time. That something was in me already working. But I didn't, I didn't accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I did. Let me tell you something. You can make a mental confession. And I did all of that. You see, in the church where we go, very wonderful church, there's every, all these churches start with. So with every Sunday we do the, the apostolic what? Faith. Which is awesome. When I got saved, I told my dad, I said, now I understand this thing. I said, this is wonderful. Wow. So that, this is good. This is what we say every Sunday. But he didn't make any, it was just normal thing, ritual. But that's real confession. So I didn't really believe in Christ with, from my spirit. It was a mental thing. Mental thing. So the Bible says we should he says in verse 1, like I said, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son, Jesus. In his early life, he was born into King David's family line, verse 4, and he was shown, verse 4, he was shown, he was shown. He was what? Shown to be the son of God 
when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then when the, 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 the Pharisees and they came to Jesus, wanting for him to show them a sign that he was who he was, he told them that they were a bunch of evil people because they didn't have respect for the word of God. They were reading what the prophets wrote, but they were not interested in really understanding them. They were stuck with their, with their positions and titles. They were too after the praise of men. They, were, they wanted to be recognized. They, they were not interested in what the scriptures were saying. Otherwise, they would have seen that the scriptures are prophesied about his coming, and it was happening before they went. John the Baptist said, are you he that coming? Or look at me for another. He simply quoted Isaiah. He said, go and tell him. This is what Isaiah said, and it's happening. The blind see, the left walk. That's what Isaiah prophesied. So he told him, he said, you're evil generation. You're always looking for a sign. You walk by sight. You always, and in this generation, people are looking for miracles all over the place. Yeah. And yet, you were born a miracle yourself. And you're supposed to be for signs and what? Wonders. If somebody wants to see a miracle, they should come to you. Because you're a miracle worker yourself. If you don't know it, know it today. We are for signs and what? You are and I am. Remember what we said? I am what he said. And I, what again? I have what he says I have. What again? And I can do. He said you are for signs and wonders. That's who you are. So these people came looking for signs and wonders. And Jesus said to them, evil generation, you are not, you are not caring about what God is saying. He said, I will only show you one, one as Jonah was in the fish for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the earth for three days. When I resurrect, you know I mean. Because the prophet said all this. So in Matthew 12, 38 to 40, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after what? All they seek is miracle, not Jesus, not God. I said it here. You can love religion and not love Jesus. You can love being a senior pastor and not love Jesus. You can love your title and what you do and not love Jesus. If you don't have deep love for the word of God, you don't love Jesus. If you love somebody, you love what he says. Come on, is that not true? You love his presence. If he wrote you a letter, you will read it. Right? Yeah. You read it, put it under your pillow, and wake up and read it again. I read yours several times. Again. Again. Why? That's the voice you love to hear. But when you don't love that voice, it resents you. You don't tell me you love Jesus, you are not interested in Bible studies, you are not interested in anything. You don't love him, nothing. No. Actions. Speak louder than one. They, they say, what you are doing will not let me hear what you are saying. There is nobody who loves Jesus who you push to listen to Bible studies. That's his passion. That's his Lord. 
That's not Jesus. Are you kidding me? That's what he wants to hear. They said he wrote to a lover's house. It's never, it's never far. I will drive from Kaduna to Osaka to see my wife. Once every two weeks. If you know the distance. And that distance didn't mean anything to me. Because I was driven by a deep love for the love of my life. My wife. That's the son talking there. <laughs> That's our son. So what I'm trying to say here is that seeking miracles doesn't show you love Jesus. You want to use him, that's all. I know it's so selfish and natural to use people. It's very, very easy to do that and pretend you love him. Love is proved by sacrifice and attraction, acceptance. Sacrifice. For God so loved the world, he what? Gave his best. And God says, I will never leave you because I love you. He doesn't resent you. And so these people come in and looking for miracles. They love him. So Jesus said to them now, he said, Peter, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seek after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So you see, his resurrection is a proof that he's the Messiah. Then, if Christ did not rise, we will all remain in our sins. So that's why you see, not just the cross, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension to heaven. All of it make our salvation possible. So if he didn't rise, our faith is worthless. We remain in our sins. Even though he died, 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is what? Useless. And your faith is what? Useless. 15. And we, we apostles we all be lying about God. So if he didn't rise, our faith is worthless. All these things is useless. And he says in verse 20, but in fact, sorry, in verse 19. Sorry, verse 18. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. If Christ didn't rise. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Can I hear amen to die? Now, the, the Holy Spirit is a very good communicator. He told the church, differentiated why he died and why he rose. So that we're not, we're not confused as to the package of what to believe. Our belief system must be accurate, must be right. Must be accurate, must be right. So in Romans 4.25, he was handed over to die because of our sins. He died as a sacrifice because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. He died as a sacrifice 
But that's not all. He had to rise as, the, as God's great high priest to take that sacrifice to the altar of God. If he didn't do this, we remain in our sins. All of us. Because God doesn't joke when he says something. God prescribed it that that's the way it has to happen. Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Giving it to you upon what? The altar. It has to be brought to where? The altar. That's what God prescribed. That blood has to be brought to the altar. Let me read it again. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the what? Altar. To make an atonement for your souls. It is the blood that make it an atonement for the soul. New Living Translation said, for the life of the body is in the blood, in its blood. I have given you the blood on this altar, on this altar, on this altar, on this altar, to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remittance of sin. There is no washing away of sin. It is the blood on the altar of God. On the altar. That's why in the Old Testament, the high priest will bring the blood to where? To the altar. Because that's what God said. You say, why? I don't know. I'm not God. You can ask it, but that's what he said. So in, Jesus was now appointed the great high priest to take this blood. Remember, because of our sins, he died on the cross, shed his blood. So he rose as a great high priest to take this blood to the altar of God, according to prescription of God. Hebrews 7, 11, so... If the high priest of Levi, on which the law was based, could have achieved the perfection God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of the Levi and Aaron? So the high priest of the Old Testament, they were taking their blood to the altar, but that couldn't make anybody perfect. That's why Jesus has a better covenant through which we come to God now. So verse 12, and if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is our Lord came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. Jesus is like Melchizedek. The change has been made very clear since a different priest, who is like Melchizedek, has appeared. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but the, by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit that was appointed by the Holy Holy Spirit, not by rituals, not by laws, not by this, but the Holy Spirit appointed him. 
not by regulation. But they said this appointment, is the, it was God that himself did it. No man took the, no man take this honor unto himself. So he was appointed by the power of an endless life. Let me go to verse uh, 17. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, 18. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw nigh to who? God. Read and understand. You don't draw nigh to God because you shout louder than everybody else. You don't draw nigh to God because you prayed by 12 midnight, 3 a.m. That's a worthless stuff you do. The reason you draw nigh to God is because the high priest that God appointed took his blood to the altar, and by doing that, he purified you. And you cannot come boldly. Whether 12 midnight, if, you have, if you're able to, 6 a.m., whether in the toilet, kitchen, whatever. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. Try to give Jesus all the glory all the time. Don't give his glory to anything else. You will fail. Now, his responsibility being appointed is defined in Hebrew chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. So he is one ordained to offer sacrifice to God on our behalf. And he had only one sacrifice to offer, which is his sacrifice, which he had on Good Friday. That was when he was sacrificed at the Lamb of God. Now, the Old Testament priesthood could not help us, like we said, because they were using blood of animals and because they were human beings. So all that sacrifice was not, couldn't do anything for us. But now, in Hebrew 9, 7, he says, this is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people, nor, nor or who bring them. For that old system, this only with food and drinks, various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. In Hebrew, now, are you following me? Come on, wake up. If you are following me, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Hebrew 9, 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered, listen to this, that greater, more perfect tabernacle, where? In heaven, which was not made by human hands. And it's not part of this created world with his own blood, not the blood of goats and cows. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Now, let me ask you a question. Where are you trying to now present to God another sacrifice? Anything you package as 
either to help Jesus as an alternative, it's idolatry. And the devil is good at doing these things. It's idolatry. There is no more sacrifice for sin. There's only one, and it's been offered once. The Old Testament people will offer once every year. The Bible says it brings to them remembrance of sin all the time. So all this packaging, every time you want to pray, you remember sin. You remember the wine you didn't commit the wine. Remember, fishing for it. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then you're doing all of that because you think by doing that, God will accept you. No. When you say in Jesus' name, you are accepting before God that you don't qualify. That takes care of everything. In Jesus' name means I don't come in my name. I don't qualify. You are seeking mercy. And it's of the Lord's mercy that you are not what? You put your faith in him. Those that put their faith in him will never be put. He came with his blood on the altar as prescribed for you. And that's the only reason you can come. Trusting in the blood. Trust. That's humility. That's total yieldedness to God. You, we, I confess sin, we should confess sin. When you do something, confess it, it's okay. Confess it then, now. Nah. I'll move on. Anytime you remember what you did, confess it, even if, if it's the taxes. Confess it to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry I did so. And God says, I'm faithful and just to what? Forgive you. But don't bring it to God as a ritualistic, as a ritualistic tradition to add to the blood. Those who trust in Jesus are assured of all the blessings of God. In Hebrews 6, 15, then Abraham walked patiently and he received what God had promised. L- let me ask you a question. Look up here. I want you to show me in the whole prayer in the Bible where they started with confession of sin. Show me one. I want to see. The whole prayer that the church prayed, the Holy Spirit put down for the church to see, all of it, not one started with confession of sin. Not one. What they told the people is that your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake because of what he did. He is our righteousness. He is our righteousness. He is our all in all. Jesus only is our. And we sing all our righteousness, he what? He gives us. You know, that's the theme song that God gave me for this church. Jesus only must be your mercy. He is the only hope of glory. The only, the only, the only. Hebrews 6, 15. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself. Think of these people. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure 
that he would never change his what? His mind. 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him, put our faith in him, who have fled to him for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong, trustworthy anchor for our souls. Our expectation, based on our faith in Christ, is a strong anchor for your soul. I preached on Friday about the peace he gave us, tranquility of heart, stability in storm, because of whom we have believed in. Amen. So he says, he leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. What's he doing? He's our great high priest. He went in there with his blood to secure our redemption, our access to God, our acceptance to God, and that all the blessings of God belong to us. He said he has already gone there for us. He has become an eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Uh, Ephesians 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly realm because we are now united with the Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. Are you in Christ? God has chosen you. And God has blessed you with all blessings he has. Nothing reserved. Because you are a heir with him. And a joint heir with who? Jesus. Everything Jesus has, you also what? Have. Remember what we said? I am who he said. And I have. And I can do. Don't change it. Don't let the devil change it for you. If he says you have it, you have it. He says it's impossible for God to lie. Impossible. If you, if you don't, if you are not living in faith, you are missing a lot. Oh my God. You are missing wonders. If you start living in faith and you start seeing God work in your life, all the dependence on all these things, you will never do them again. Because you see, you don't need them. The reason people do that is because they don't live in faith. They don't know God. So because they don't know God, they think this will help me, this will help me, this will help me. No. If you walk in faith, walk in the world, trust Jesus, and you see God walk in your life steady every day, these things will be childish to you. People talk about it like, like David said, I don't trust them. I've never used them. I've only, David said, take your destiny and go. I know one thing. I come to you in the name of who? Of God. Because I know it works. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Church, I said praise the Lord. You know, when we bought this property where we were, and we took a loan of 2.2 million, and they said we should bring 800,000 down, we didn't have it. Oh, we didn't even have 100,000, not to talk of it. 
And then I said, well, the law said we get it, so we get it. I said, he didn't tell me to pay for it. He said, I'll give it to you. So why should I bother how they would do it? So when they said we should sign the, you know this, uh, this thing you sign before you buy a property. You people that buy property all the time, help me here. There are some, I know you. This is they say, you, before you buy a property, you, you, you sign for 60 days or something, you must now, you must bring a bank, bank guarantee that your loan is coming. What do they call that document? Eh? Yeah, so you have to sign it. And if you pay, you have to pay some down payment too. If you don't bring that in, they take your money. Do you know the document I'm talking about? Yeah? They call it letter of uh, something. So they brought it for me to sign. And they said we should pay 30000 And if we don't bring letter from a bank that the loan is uh, guaranteed, the, the money is, our 30000 is gone. I signed and my hands were sweating. Because I signed. <laughs> my brother. I said, <laughs> I said, Father, into the hand. <laughs> Faith is if I perish, I perish. And you will never perish. I stepped up and I signed it. They said, you have to bring up. And they, they'll call me and say, well, you haven't brought the, this thing. I said, I'll get it now. 30 days, didn't have nothing. I sent Stella to every bank. The banks will say, well, your, your statement is strong, everything bad. You have to put down 800,000. Show us proof you have 800,000. We didn't have pin, but we have the word. Brethren, miracle. If you want to see God walk in faith, that's not the way. Miracle. If you walk in faith, you look foolish because there's nothing to help you except. Before then, Foursquare had promised us that will be a covenant church. But they disappointed us. They, they didn't approve it. So they wrote me. And in order to compensate us, they instructed their bank to give us the loan without 800,000. You see how God did it? In order to compensate us, because we're supposed to. The board didn't approve it, so they wrote, even they wrote me. They do, oh, we're sorry. We're, we're sorry. See the kind of letter they write me. It's relationship I have with them. You know, we're sorry. This, 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 so we're going. They wrote the, their, their finance, whatever, to approve a loan for 2.2 million to us immediately with no down payment. So in 24 hours, I had the bank. I went to the people selling. I said, I had the bank letter. Look at it right here. Guaranteed. And we purchased here. Without down payment. And then they said, we'll give you two years to pay us 800 what? Thousand. You know that building we have? My wife and I went into that building, held hands, and said, Lord, this press will be sold for 1.5 million because you told us that if we ask anything according to your will, that you answer us and we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. And then we asked ourselves, do you agree it's done? We said yes. We heard us again. The Father, your word says, if two of you shall agree, as concerning anything which they shall ask here on earth, that it shall be done. We are two, we are on earth, we have asked, it is done. 
Amen. And we left. Nobody, nobody came. Your faith will be tested by the devil. Then finally, our lawyer wrote us and said, your place is unsellable. The place is poisoned. The ground has contamination. And the people wrote us, we can't buy your property. It has contamination. I said to be because that's the devil. I said, tell them, both lawyer and devil to get out. This place will be sold in two weeks. Brethren, to the glory of God, within two weeks, the same people came back and signed and bought this place. Bought it. The same place they say was contaminated. The soil was contaminated. And we had the document was contaminated. The same people came back and closed and wrote a check of 1.5 million. And we sent for square 800,000. Tell me there's no God. You are late. You are very late. There was no struggle. There was no sleepless. He, look, he said, enter my rest. Stop all the struggle. I'm the one doing it. You're not the one. It's my power, not by might, not by your intellect, planning, trying to co convert people's friendship. So waste of time. You're wasting your time. If you trust him, you enter your rest and watch him do what only him can do. But you won't rest. Hey, because you want to do ritual. You wake up 1, 1 a.m. You won't sleep. 3 a.m. Why are you doing all of that? Why did he prescribe it for you? Am I still your pastor? You need to appoint me. I'm going nowhere. So I'm here. So Ephesians 1 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. If he said I blessed you, then he has blessed you. All you need to do is believe it, confess it, thank him every day for you. See, you see the spirit manifesting this thing for you in wondrous, fantastic ways. Wondrous, fantastic ways that will, that will astonish you. What it does is beyond, I'm not kidding you. What God does, man, what God does is amazing. I like to watch God do stuff. Honestly, I love watching God do a lot. Because he loves his children. He wants us to see our father working for us. Amen? And the mediator, he's the mediator of this new covenant. He guarantees it. In Hebrew 8, 6. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he's the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon a better, upon better promises. And Hebrew 9.14, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify your consciences from sinful deeds. Purify you from all this sinful, the devil tries to accuse you, make you feel guilty. You, you confess, you confess again, confess again. You are sin conscious instead of righteousness conscious. How can you have faith when you are guilty? How can? It's not going to work. So just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify your consciences, short from sinful deeds, so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He said that should purge your conscience. So you can come to God with clear conscience. 
not guilty. The Bible actually told us never to come with guilty conscience because it's evil heart of unbelief that it separates you from God. It's in your Bible. Don't you read these things? Verse 15. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that we all who are called can receive the inher- inher- eternal inheritance God has promised them. That's why we have it, because he entered with his blood before God, and then our sins are forgiven, and I challenge you, I say, show me a church that tells people their sins are forgiven. Who we'll find one? Because we follow the Bible with our intellect. The love of God beyond your mind. God says, go and preach forgiveness. I have laid this, all their sins on Christ. No wanted. Oh, they have to acknowledge their sinners. They have to. They must. Which chapter? Which verse? Says that. None. What did the Bible say? Believe in the Lord. And you shall be what? Oh no, no, no. God don't know. God don't know what I said. They must acknowledge their sinners first. Confess all those sins. Who put that? You. What did God say to the church? He said, I'm pleading with you. Tell them to what? Come, because I've reconciled with them. I have made my son to be a sin for them. Their righteousness is available for them. Let them come, because the penalty for their sins have been paid. Do we preach that? We don't trust God nothing. No, what? We need to add something. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, brethren. The power of God. Jesus said, nobody coming to me except my father. God already is working it. Preach what God gave you to preach. And the Holy Spirit will do it. That's why a lot of people, dear Modi or something, say many Christians are not saved. Because they came based on works, not based on grace. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Many people sit in churches who can't understand the gospel, can't understand scriptures. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what? If you do what the Bible says, you are fine with God. As simple as it is. Praise the Lord. And so he obtained redemption for us. He set us free. You know, redemption means the act of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Our debt has been paid. What we owe has been paid. By this death of Jesus, with his blood offered on the cross, we are free. Completely what? We are free from demonic control. We are free from the power of sin. We are free from the judgment to come. If the son shall say to you free, how free are you? Free indeed. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Bible even says he will save us to the uttermost. Nothing. Oh, but he said, God, somebody says, you have, you have, 
You are bound by Satan. Come, let me do deliverance. No. What God told you to do is not, go, it's not to go for deliverance. What he told you to do is to resist the devil. He will come. But he says, do what? Resist the devil. I gave you authority. Rise up and say, no. I'm, I am both of God. This, I belong to God. You can't do this. You will not cross your Satan. I was assigned commission to resist you. Sent to fight you. And in the name of Jesus, I come against you, foul spirit. Let me ask you a question. Is there any new devil? Is it not the same one that I've been defeated? Is the same ones you are dealing with? They have been defeated. Put under your feet. Is there any new one? No. Bunch of defeated ones. Can I hear amen? Oh, I want to hear a big amen. amen. You know, when I buried my mother, I think my mother was so in the night, you know, village, you no know, light. So I just saw this one that came into my room, very tall, very tall. I stood by my bed and then bent over me that I could feel the thing bent over me. And I said, oh, it's you, nothing. Mr. Nothing, what are you doing? I said, you know, you've been defeated. You have been what? Defeated. I said, number two, you can't frighten me because I also am a spirit born of the spirit. I said, I'm a spirit born of the spirit of God. And number two, Christ is in me right here. So you can do no weapon formed against this man, shall. I said, when you finish wasting your time, you can't go. This is what I told him. I said, I'm sleeping. He giveth his beloved what? Sleep. You can't sleep, you're wicked. So all of a sudden I said, but the thing that makes me even angry is why did you even get the courage to come into this room where I am? I said, before I can't trade, before I wasn't a pastor, nothing. I only read the Bible. I saw what he gave me. I have what? What? He said, I have. I said, before I can't trade, in Jesus' name. Before I counter, in the name of Jesus, you get out of here. The thing like a big white wound. I was watching it. We, 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 we. I said, no, you stop wherever you are in Jesus' name. I want you to be marching left, right, left, right, until I wake up. That's punishment I give you. I didn't see it again, no, but I'm sure I was doing left, right there. They came and woke me up and said that people coming for funeral, that I slept so well I didn't wake up in time. Why? Fear is not my portion. Not when I have Jesus. No. You enter his rest. He takes care of everything. Am I not here? Did they kill me? Ah, you're not answering what? Did they kill me? If it's some of you, hey, hey, I'm not telling all you. Let's anoint the whole house. <laughs> the whole house. There's a sister that came to me. I'll close with this one. He came to me here. He said, Pastor, I have witches in my house. I said, hey, I've never seen one. Let me go and see them. I said, I'm going to see them. I said, what are they? He said, my ceiling. He said, I don't sleep in the night. They're making noise. They're walking up. I said, I said, what have you done? He said, I bound them. They didn't go. I said, you didn't bind strongly. He said, I bound them. I said, he said, I called some of these prayer people. They came to my house. I anointed the house with all everything. I said, did he go? He said, no. He said, making noise. I said, oh, I want to see the, the, the witch. In their roof, he says, I got a carpenter. 
took her, went to her house, and said to the carpenter, open the roof. I opened it. I said, Sister, what is the thing? He said, they're not here. I said, carpenter, close it. So we went outside. Real story. The carpenter took ladder, climbed on top, realized that there is a branch that is rubbing on his roof. <laughs> and then his TV wire on the window was also. So I called and said, come and see the witch, I found it. <laughs> People without discernment started anointing the house with oil. You know, that stupid and useless things. Why? Because their mind is fixated on that kind of practice, not on Christ. So the carpenter cut the branches and everything, and then tightened the wire to the television. So it's no, it wasn't. If you saw her, she had lost a lot of weight because of this thing. She told me she wasn't sleeping for a long time. For a long time. She wasn't sleeping. Oh, he said, he said, Pastor, I want to come for your Bible study. I said, you're not coming. Let me call your pastor and tell your pastor. I called the pastor. I said, you remember? Look at your member. He said, your daddy knife anything. He said, your daddy. Daddy, you our daddy. Said, if you see her now, she has gained weight. No more sleepless night. Why do we like all this nonsense? Where do you get it from? My peace I leave... Say, have my peace in you. Let not your heart believe in God and believe. I've risen from the dead. I've conquered death for you. Defeated the world for you. Brought you to my father. Made you his child. He loves you the same way he loves me. Everything I have is all yours. What did you do to get it? The Lord will help us. Did you get something? I want to pray. Since I said I love my wife, she's been smiling from here to here. <laughs> she's been like this. <laughs> ah, broke out for women. <laughs> <If it didn't. laughs> Men, you should love your wife. You must what? If you're a member of this church, I preach it, I encourage it. You have to be a Christian husband. You must not, must not, 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 must not. You must love your wife. You must. And, and you can't be talking like the people of the world. If she doesn't cook for you, help her. Make up for, I mean, is it not what God does for us? He makes up for our deficiency. You must love your wife. That's your first testimony. If you fell in the home, you can't fail it. You can't succeed anyway. You must love your what? With love her. In fact, this Easter, go to Macy's. They are doing sales. <laughs> By our Sisters, praise the Lord. Go to Macy's. They are doing sales. Buy her something. The best Mother's Day was during the, during the COVID time. We couldn't go out. So I said to my wife, I can't go and buy anything. 
I, I told Brown to, Brown to expose me, told them what I said. That I said, because of COVID, I can't go out. I said, it's the cheapest Mother's Day. But now, COVID is over. So Mother's Day, get something for your wife. Awesome. Don't give her flower. We don't like flower. <laughs> Thank you, my sister. God bless Takes time. It takes time. Go to pass by the school and bring two flowers you see by the road. Tie it and be given to her. His banner over us is love. His love. His banner over us is love. Hallelujah. He brought us into his banqueting hall. Speaking mercy. 
forgiveness is a blood of love, is a blood of grace, is a blood of mercy. If you have never, if you think you are saved because you confess your sins, you are not. You are saved because you believe the Son of God. You are saved because you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior. That's why you are saved. If you have never done this, quietly where you are doing right now, lest you find that you are not saved and you end up in hell. If you have never done it quietly where you are, I say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. My faith is in you for salvation. You died for me. Your blood speaks for me. You are my Lord and my Savior. I accept you. Thank you, Jesus. And you are saved. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. The only hope of glory is Jesus. I don't know of any other. I don't know of any other. give you praise. Let heaven witness this day that I preach what you gave me. Let heaven be my witness that what I spoke is what you gave me by your power, by your mercy, by your grace. Let the world hear that Jesus is the only Savior of the whole world. We are not saved by faith in us or by faith in anything we do. Oh, for we are saved by grace alone, not of works. That all the glory we go to Jesus, to whom it belongs, to whom it belongs. The righteous Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the whole world. The new and living way consecrated to us through which we come to God. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We declare you to be Lord, to be our great high priest. Your blood is speaking for all of us. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace, to obtain mercy at the time of need. You are the builder of your churches. No pastor can build it. No man can build it. You are the Lord of your church. To you be all that glory. To you be all the adoration. To you be all the honor. To you be all the worship. We worship you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.